Yeah. They say really intelligent people swear a lot, so. I'm brilliant then. <laughs> yeah, I've got an IQ of like 170 easily. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I'll be recapping the third annual LA Classic that took place last weekend. Here to help me do so is Kelly Salamone, Brittany Masro, Brianna London, and Kate Gong. Uh, ladies, thank you so much for joining me and lending your time to help recap and share what took place. Um, I got to see a couple matches that were streamed, and um, as always, look nothing short of intense, so I'm really happy to just kind of dive right into this. Um, let's go ahead and start with you, Kelly. Um, just go ahead and give us your full name and the team you played on. Uh, Kelly Salamone, and I am captain of the Beavers. Awesome. And then uh, Brittany? Brittany Masro and Pop That. And Brianna? Brianna London, captain of Money Shot. And Kate? Kate Long, captain of Invasion. Awesome. So, loaded question, I know, and... Um, we could probably just start with with Brittany. What were your thoughts overall? I mean, now that the tournament's done, it was three divisions. Um, how are you? Are you recovered from it already? Or, I mean, I'm making it. It's day three, so Kelly kills us every year. So, um, actually, Pop That is not playing in the women's league tonight because we're all old and hurting. So, thanks, Kel, for that. Appreciate you. Um, <laughs> no, it's time. <laughs> you know, you you have your your hashtag fit like Brit. I have mine. Kelly tried to kill us, so yeah. I feel like it's even. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I don't feel so fit like Brit after Kelly's tournament. So there's that. Nice. Yeah. The uh, w when did the hashtag Kelly tried to kill us come up? The first year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was actually Trophy Wives, uh, possibly Ali Bustamante that started it and then that was like the first post after the tournament and then everyone who posted afterwards started using that hashtag nice and now it's a, a staple right i mean i imagine we'll probably be seeing that for years to come i assume so i yes. hope so as long as kelly keeps killing us yeah or trying to i'm gonna keep putting my best foot forward <laughs> happy to happy to keep trying and uh, how about you, um, Bree? How did how did the tournament go for you overall? Like, what are your your final thoughts over it? My favorite tournaments. It the best of the best come and play. It's the only tournament that has all three ball types, and you need a lot of endurance to be able to make it through. Yeah, not to mention it's it's two days also, not just all one and done in one day. Um, and you, Kate? Oh, it was a great tournament. I. I really like that it's two days because you, well, you can have a bad day and then turn things around. <laughs> I mean, one day tournaments, like if your team is out of sync, then you're just kind of screwed. Like sometimes you can turn things around in one day, but it's a little more difficult. Are you speaking from hashtag experience this past weekend problems. or? <laughs> I said hashtag invasion problems. <laughs> Did that happen That's this true. weekend or? No, no, no. We actually, we were strong both days, but we have gone, we've seated like, not last, but close to the bottom and then won tournaments. We've also seated first and gotten booted out pretty early, so. Gotcha. And uh, Kelly, I mean, now that it's all done, what are your, what are your thoughts 
especially since you, I mean, you pretty much run this thing, right? Yeah, um, I do. I set all the groundwork and then I'm lucky enough to have a lot of support day of. So Jake Mason pretty much runs it the day of. And then I have a really great group of guys that come in ref every year. So it makes it a lot easier for me. Um, allows me to be able to play. And so I, you know, they're definitely my support system within all that, including my team who always make sure that they're where they need to be. So I don't have to worry about running around trying to find them. <laughs> nice. You're not hurting cats as they say. No, no. That's the, the nice thing. The first year I felt like I was hurting cats with all the teams. Um, invasion. Yeah. Yeah. You guys looking at UK. <laughs> but uh, over the last few years, everyone's definitely gotten a lot better. Uh, they all get to their courts, they get ready and it's going quick and fast and yeah, gets better every year. So I'm looking at 15 teams total. Um, is that, was it capped at 15 teams or has that grown from the first year? It has grown. The first two years we had 14 teams. So this year was our mat, our highest one. Um, I was capping it at 16 just because of court space. But there, that's really the only reason. Uh, hopefully, as we grow and get bigger, we can get a larger facility. And then I wouldn't need to cap any teams. Gotcha. And then I uh, kind of wanted to double back on this one. Um, are you able to actually enjoy this tournament? Um, being able, you know, being is that you have to make sure everything's going well. And, yeah, you do have help now. But are you able to kind of switch modes when it's time for you to actually play? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, um, and I think that's just, you know, says so much about the people that have helped me throughout the years. Um, but when the actual playtime is about to start, that's what I go to. That's what I do. Um, I'll come back, check in at the desk, make sure everything's running fine, and then I can get to go back out. The thing is with the Classic is you don't have a lot of breaks, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, we played, I think, eight games in a row. So for us, it was just back to back to back and I didn't have to worry about anything. You know, I just kind of trust that the people who are running it and helping me that day are doing their jobs and they always are. Nice. Very cool. And I definitely have uh, more questions for you regarding the tournament itself. But um, since we have the panel here, let's just go ahead and dive into uh, foam and we'll go ahead and start with, um, is, it, is it Brianna or Bree or do you have a preference? You can call me Bree. Bree, cool. So, yeah, let's start with you, Bree. How did the foam division go for you guys? Um, the first day, it went pretty well. We actually were hoping that we uh, played a seeded hider, but Invasion ended up winning 35 games the first day. Um, but we came out really strong. The second day, though, we kind of, like, self-destructed a little bit, didn't finish as well as we would have liked. An invasion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what we're going to call that now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. What do you mean by that, Kate? Uh, I mean, that's that's something that we do all the time. Self-destruct. <laughs> yeah, beavers have done it too. What, um, so is this what you meant by like invasion problems? Yeah. Invasions like, invasions either on or they're not. There's not really an in-between for invasion. 
exactly. You either like the first day you don't expect much because you typically end up seeing them earlier in the rounds of double elimination because those idiots never won enough games to be on top most of the time. So you end up seeing them earlier than you want to, and they end up then you have to like fight to get past round two because they're seated like I don't know seven or eight somewhere in the middle. Sometimes like half the time, and then the other half the time like we. Yeah, they're they're literally like one or two, or they're eight or nine. Like, there's no five or like there's there's no middle ground for them. It's it's one or the other, uh, extreme yeah. wise. Well, I'm looking at the 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 bracket for foam, and I mean, invasion seated first, right? Is this correct? Yeah. Yep. Or am I correct to say that? Yeah, my first by a lot. Yeah, and so I mean, up until you guys face pop that, it was uh, it seemed like it was almost a done deal. Um, pretty heavy on the uh, dominance there and then pop that came in and I guess through you guys for a loop or what happened there? Um, no, I don't actually remember the the foam game against pop that before finals. I don't either. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember it at all actually. <laughs> Weird. I, I was playing at the same time so I didn't see that game. I think it was pretty uneventful. It was like, I think it was 2-0. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right about that. I don't, it wasn't, I don't remember it either. Clearly it wasn't that eventful because no one remembers it. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. So we're looking at, so no, the reason we don't remember it is because the, the bracket that we're looking at is the game two in the finals, right? Well, before that though. Before that, no, they beat us. They beat Fine. us both times because they knocked us into the, we're literally looking at the bracket. They knocked us into the loser's bracket. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So invasion. And then. And then in the finals, you guys took the first series and then we took the second series. Oh yeah. That's what happened. We had to beat you guys twice. We only beat you guys once. Gotcha. It's kind of confusing. That's why. I don't know. Brackets are hard. So many times. I don't remember. We've played each other, all these teams so many times. Sometimes like, asking us for a specific match it's just all blurred together like good luck yeah let alone the fact that this was three divisions so that that's just foam that we're talking about um definitely want to dive into that a little bit later though but um kate how about you uh just kind of going back to just the foam division overall um how, how did that go for you um well i think foam is actually our team's best ball type so we we're we're strong in foam. Like we like the pace. Everybody on our team can throw foam and catch foam balls pretty well. Um, so yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and we were meshing really well. So the tournament, that division in particular, went really well for us. So did you guys go like like full force for foam and save save yourself for like uh, no sting and rubber, or did you just play all divisions as hard as you would? as foam yeah we definitely we weren't reserving any energy i think i mean by the time eight and a half came around i just figured everybody was so exhausted that it was kind of be like i mean a lot of the games actually did kind of turn into like civil war dodgeball you know people grounding the ball and just everyone's arms are dead so like just, nothing. yeah it becomes like a, a catching game What's that? It becomes more like a, a catching game, like you don't have too many people on the offense. Yeah, definitely. Gotcha. And uh, how about you, Brittany? How was how was the foam division for you overall? 
Um, we started out well in foam the first day, and then somehow we had a. I looked around, and everyone was pissed off. Um, we had a few a few easier rounds to play the first, like you know, the first couple teams we played in round in round robin, um, and then as literally it was beavers. Um, when we hit beavers was like our first kind of real challenge and we kind of had to reset ourselves and have, we actually had a team chat about it cause we weren't on the same page. Um, also we added by adding Jen and Cece who Cece's always been on pop that, but she hasn't played with us in a while. Um, and Jen was a different component as well. We had to kind of get all everyone get on the same page. Um, and you know we had the little one there so you know there was that part of it too we had to make sure that she was being watched there's a lot of distractions going on right so it was i think it was harder for us to stay focused um and then i think yeah midway through foam erica hurt her knee again too so um we had a lot of kind of variables that happened on the first day um that kind of we had to all reset and regroup um, multiple times to kind of pull it out you know um, the way we did, I mean, we didn't do, I don't think we played as well in foam as we wanted to, but again, it was kind of an adjustment for us, um, for, for everyone with Erica getting hurt and, um, the addition of Jen with C with Cece and the baby there, um, uh, we had to, you know, make sure everyone was all taken care of. Gotcha. So you just had a lot of like external factors kind of impacting your performance for, for foam. Yeah. More than we're used to. Um, we knew Erica was hurt. We thought she was okay. And then I think the depth and Erica definitely has, um, because Erica's a captain, um, we both, me and Erica kind of both play our own individual roles as far as team leadership and not having Erica there when she got hurt. Um, it kind of shifts my role a little bit and puts a little bit more pressure on me, um, to maintain that balance. So, um, everyone was kind of adjusting throughout the day to not having Erica, the, the way in which we're used to having her on the court. Gotcha. Gotcha. So um, with this question, it, it's kind of like just what uh, what teams did you guys notice that showed up that either it's it's a done deal, like you always know that this team's going to be great or this team really surprised you. Um, starting with Bree, um, what teams really showed up from foam that you noticed? I think Fuego came out of nowhere I don't think they were seated really high the first day. Ended up getting third. Kind of. Yeah, they did really well. Yeah, they like powered through the comeback bracket. Yeah, it looks like uh, that's what so I'm kind of reading off of Tyler's uh, the Tribune article. LA Bue LA based Fuego had an eye opening performance after seating eighth. So um, looks like yeah, they, yeah, they got I the mean, third place finish. They were definitely on point during foam they came out they played together really well and they pushed their way to third place and it looks like uh, only pop that was able to to take them out um what was that so that was yeah third place match now was, was that surprising at all or is this a team that is like kind of forming their rhythm uh because i i don't know how, how new are they do any of you guys know this is their first year. No, first year. their first year as a team. Well, I think it's the same like, roster as Barda last year. Yeah, there's just been different iterations of the same team. It was a rebranding of some new players. Yeah. Yeah, they brought on a couple new players, Emmy being one of them. Um, but they have their core 
group, which is Bev, Christina, Ryan, Kira again. Um, and I think that they definitely showed that they have some really good players on that team. And when they work well together, they're, they have an opportunity to take on some of the top teams. Gotcha. And I think Emmy adds a more athletic dynamic to that team to give them a little bit more. That team is typically you put them more in a catching area of a catching team, not a lot of arm. Um, but I think Emmy kind of brings that more offensive mindset where she can make plays offensively and defensively for them. Very cool. Yeah, although I'll say in foam, um, Bev and Ryan were both on point with their throws. They were doing really good. Yeah, so I was reading from the article. Uh, looks like they found a rhythm with Ryan Johnson and Emmy Zappa leading the charge. And then they mentioned uh, Beverly uh, Reva, Bev Revis, sorry, also being on fire. So very cool. Um, and how about um, Kate? Did you notice any other teams from your perspective for foam? Uh, I mean, I, it's always pop that is like who we have our our eyes on. We we see each other every single tournament got like an, an old rivalry now but I think the the Beavers have never really looked haven't looked this strong in years now and uh Samantha is just a she's a gnarly catcher like I I remember I looked over and this was not foam actually I think it was no sting but I like glanced over and she just caught two balls at once oh, and she, she does that like I don't I don't really know anybody else who I, I've seen get more than one double catch like back-to-back -back tournaments yeah, yeah she definitely was one of our main players this weekend. She did phenomenally. And actually, um, Kirsten Bell was was super strong. Like she she was throwing well, she was catching well, and she's she's a very athletic uh, player. And she's she's also a recent addition to Beavers, right? Correct. Very cool. Yeah, I'm reading uh, Samantha Greco. Beaver has made a strong push to show she's one of the top players in the country. I don't think that's a secret anymore. That's pretty common now um, in, in all divisions. I mean, even in rubber, she's catching a lot, and she's just, um, she's just not somebody you want to throw to by herself ever. Um, how about you, Kelly? Any, any teams that you noticed for foam aside from Fuego and, and Beavers? Well, I mean, you know, pop that invasion they're always going to be teams that we you know they bring up the competition so much so it's a great way for us to kind of know where we're at too because if we can take games from them or beat them in a round or do different things you know it, it's always nice for us because we can engage off of that because they are such strong teams um and money shot as well so it always is kind of great to see these same teams over and over again and be able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe and continue to see how these teams grow and how we change over time and that's really what we've seen over these last three years I think. Now, does this change with um, with different divisions or is it pretty much the same like you guys are definitely eyeballing pop that and evasion regardless of ball style? Yeah I mean they're overall teams uh Pretty much if you look at the rundown of what like the top four or five teams overall in the tournament, 
those are the kind of the teams you'll start to see, you'll see consistency from. And so that's, you know, as it went down the line, Invasion, Pop That, Money Shot, Beavers, Love Tap, those teams you're going to see kind of over and over again. Um, and it shows that consistency that it's not one ball type or the other. It's how they play together, how they're able to adapt to those different ball types and then their teamwork. Gotcha. I think we're forgetting about love tap in this foam division, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> actually that's a perfect segue. So you were next on the <laughs> list to ask if you've noticed any other teams. Um, so you want to go ahead and, and run with that, Brittany? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Love Tap is has done a lot of good homework for themselves as far as I know. A lot of the girls watch a lot of film um, on that team and learn have learned a lot of things from watching film. And I think watching Invasion and watching Pop That and watching Beavers and learning from from the teams that they know are the top teams and they use it. Honestly, they use it against us. I mean, coming from Pop That, like it's used against us. Like we see that our hardest games or they, you know, they give us the toughest time because they know us so well because they've studied what we do and how we do it. Um, and they've done a really good job of, you know, picking up on those things and essentially using them to be successful. Um, they gave us a really hard game um, in the playoffs for foam. Um, and I think they, I don't know if we tied in round Robin or, or not. Um, I think we did actually for foam. Um, but yeah, no, they're, they're a young team. Um, they don't hurt as much as us oldies. Um, we're not talking about 8.5, but I don't think they've played enough 8.5 to know how to play it yet, but they're still new and to be that new and, and that good already to be in the top five for most of the divisions. I think that says something, um, about them and about their potential as a, as a new team who just came together this year and they won elite, you know, they beat us in the finals for elite. Um, for round one. So they're definitely a team that as they get more experience and they get better, they'll, they'll be some, they're, they're going to be at the top all the time and they're going to give for sure going to give pop that run for their money. Nice. And this is crystal Briona's team, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like they, per the article continue to surprise with a, with uh, getting the second seed. Um, and I'm, I don't know if it's fair to say if it was an upset for the elite uh, when they won that division, but were you guys expecting that from them to just come out of out of nowhere and, and beat you guys, or did you kind of just? Um, we knew we were going to have a tough. You mean for round one? Right. We knew we were going to have a tough run. Um, we had them figured out. We beat them two zero the first and round robin. Um, but again, they adjusted. They figured out a way to adjust against us, and we couldn't. We didn't adjust quick enough back. We knew the solution, but we weren't we weren't um, capitalizing on the solution of how to beat them. So, you know, a couple things, and, and we've looked at the film too, and you know, there are things where we're like, oh, we're normally we normally do it this way, and we didn't do it that way um, on that particular day. So, um, I think it was a surprise in the sense because Pop that doesn't like losing, um, and we will do. We will, we, we don't, Kelly, see you laughing over there. <laughs> no one can hear you laughing, but I can see you laughing. Um, we, we, I think that Pop That is really good at adjusting for the most part. Um, and we just didn't, we didn't um, do it that day. So um, they completely outplayed us and they figured us out before we could adjust back. So um, we, you know, every time, we, and we've talked about it, it's been a conversation about, 
how we beat Love Tap, but we do that with everyone. We know we have a plan for almost every team. Um, every top team, we have a plan and, you know, um, a way that we know how to beat them. Gotcha. Is it, uh, would it be fair to say, like, they kind of, I don't want to say they have, like, the element of surprise that first time, but, you know, you, you took that lesson away and applied it to this division, and that's kind of what helped you guys beat them when you guys faced off with them against them during the winner's bracket? Yeah, we take, we definitely took took our time to to watch and to figure it out and to have a game plan um, when it came down to the playoffs. We knew, again, we, we always kind of have a plan. We know what we have to do. It's just a matter of the execution of that plan that is the issue. And we just happened to, we just were able to execute um, for for playoffs. Gotcha. I think that stands out the most was what they both said, finals and CC just going off and closing out. I think she closed out two games in the finals and was keeping Pop That alive. Literally. Yeah, literally she. Literally. <laughs> No, she totally beasted out in those games. Like, it was so much fun to watch. I was filming it. I was live streaming it. And it took a lot for me to not say anything into the camera um, because it was exciting. It was fun to watch. And that's what you want to see when you get to these final matches. You want to see someone who is down, you know, against six players, five players, and comes back and wins the game. You know, those are the kind of things that are exciting and show, you know, the true nature of these athletes and how they really are some of the most athletic people um, that I've ever met. So it's it's really impressive when you're able to watch those types of games. So I think it's funny, too, because Cece's so calm in general. Like, she doesn't really show much emotion. And then to see her in that element, and she her face is still very stoic when she's playing. But then she gets done and she starts, she's like literally yelling and like flexing her muscles, which is hilarious because it's like not a CC thing to do, but she like, she's so competitive inside that it just like all came out. And it was really cool to see her get so excited because it, as her teammate, you don't normally see her get riled up that often. Yeah. And she says it for after the fact? After she, after she pulls it out. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Um, for so for this uh, instance in foam, is this why she got MVP, or was there more contributions from her in, in the other divisions? Oh, no, there were definitely more contributions from her across the board. She played very well, like both days. Um, I think people obviously saw a lot of it in foam, um, but she she was solid across the entire tournament. And, and for uh, someone who doesn't really play, Cece just shows up when we need her. Like, she's not, she doesn't play weekly. She doesn't, she plays a lot of football. She plays a lot of ultimate Frisbee, some soccer. Like, when we need Cece to, we ask Cece, like, are you committed, yes or no? Like, you don't know what answer you're going to get. She's not always a yes. Huh. Uh, so when she shows up and she's, she doesn't ever practice. She just shows up and plays with us. And then she goes back to being mom and doing whatever she does. Um, which is, I think, a testament to her athletic ability and, and how she does what she does because she doesn't – she's not – most of us are playing weekly um, and practicing and doing all these things, and this girl just shows up, no tape, maybe some knee pads and some running shoes, and she's ready to go. So, mm-hmm. um, Must which be is nice. ridiculous, but it's CC, so. Yeah, and I think that, you know, 
she obviously really stood out for Pop That, but she also has such a good support system with all of her teammates in there. So it, it's nice to see um, that somebody else on the team kind of stood out uh, within that because there are so many heavy hitter heavy hitters on Pop That, um, which is also kind of what we saw with Invasion. I think with you know JoJo really shining through. Um, I think that she's often underrated on that team and. You know, you have the Rolinas, the Kates, the Katies, all these people that we come to expect, you know, big hits from. And I think that JoJo really showed, like, her athletic ability and just really court awareness and intelligence in those games. Gotcha. Yeah, it looks like she got a mention for the, from the Tribune article as well. Um, and that that's already a killer lineup, just... Rolina, Nicole Chasen, Katie, Kate, Gong, like, no thanks. That's just, it's an incredible lineup. So, um, how long has CC been playing? Oh my gosh, how long have we been playing? Um, I want to say there's She started a year after me, I think. Yeah, she started a little bit after you guys. So, like, seven years, six or seven years, I think she's been playing. Crazy. And what is, uh, what's the trophy she's holding? It's a Jaguar. Jaguar. <laughs> Why every it? year? Every year I pick a random MVP trophy. <laughs> Got it. So I think the first year it was a sperm whale. Uh, the second year it was a dragon egg, and this year it's a jaguar. <laughs> dragon egg being Game of Thrones reference, right? Yeah, yeah. Perfect. So awesome. You know, have fun with it. That's the main thing. Sure. I figure they they're usually getting other trophies and other medals, so this one gets to be a little bit more fun. Gotcha. Um, kind of moving back to the, the original question of highlights and plays. How about, uh, Kate, did you notice anything from your perspective with foam that you wanted to mention? Yeah, I think, I think the finals were the, the perfect, uh, just sort of like close look at why foam is so exciting. Like the finals were so fast paced and the foam ball is kind of an equalizer. So basically like everybody on pop that and everyone on invasion can get those big hits. And so it throws off the, the normal formula that we all kind of learn to stick to with, for example, eight and a half, the right number of balls that get exchanged. And ball control is still very important, but those risky shots that are high risk, high reward are, I guess, maybe more likely to hit. So you just, it's a more exciting game to watch, in my opinion. Yeah, so you're saying there's there's a higher chance of, of actually hitting the person versus... Okay, for example, um, CC closed out two games against us where she just kind of went crazy. Like, she started taking fast shots at our team, and if you do that with an eight-and-a-half ball, you're taking fast solo shots, you're going to get caught. Like, it's it's a bad idea. Even in no-sting, it's not a great idea. But in foam, especially if you have a... Like, her ball moves fast, and it has some actual movement on it, so that's a smart shot to take. And so that's... That's probably the best part about foam is that you don't have to wait and like throw a ball and then dodge and wait for two more. It's if you see a shot, you can take it and not have to worry too much about. You often should take the shot when you see it, and I mean obviously within reason. But yeah, yeah. I, I thought the finals were were memorable for me. Very cool. And uh, Brittany, how about you? Um. 
it's kind of like all the same. Like, you know, I mean, Cece being, being a friend and a teammate, like it was so cool for her to come back and do what she did that whole week, this whole weekend, you know, and even, even for Jen, like Jen made some big plays and Jen hasn't played with, you know, doesn't play that often either. Um, because you know, they're doing their mom thing. Um, so as far as like my team is concerned, it was just, it was nice to have us all together. Cause it's not often that all of us play together like that. Um, and to kind of see everyone have their moments. And I think even for teams that like, like teams like Fuego and everyone kind of got their moment to shine and set up to the plate and people did, and there were upsets and there were, um, you know, there were, there were surprises that were, that were really cool to watch and those moments, double catches and just, you know, stuff throughout the weekend and we're all dying. So everyone's on the same page as far as, you know, how tired you are and what your body feels like. And we're all kind of working. We're all doing it together, which I think is really cool. Cause you can turn the person next to you. It doesn't matter if they're on your team or not. And you're like, you, I hurt, you hurt. Like we're all doing this together. Kelly's killing us, but we're all having fun. <laughs> so I just think the group of women that can come together and how big, it, how big women's dodgeball on the West coast has gotten is really cool. And the amount it helps us as players develop um, overall, because we get to play against the best on the West coast. We really do. Um, and we have the biggest group of people. I mean, who can say they can get a tournament of 15, of 15 teams together and had to cap it because there wasn't enough court space. I don't think any other region in the country can say that about just a women's tournament. Yeah. I mean, you have, uh, you have regions like the South where they're, they're still trying to figure out how to get more women to play. So, uh, the fact that you're capping this at 15, teams and, and six six uh players per team kelly uh, on the court eight max on the roster unless someone gives me a really good excuse <laughs> nice yeah that's that's a huge feat i mean the only other you know bells of the ball has had 15 16 teams before um and jake's sin city classic also has had you know quite a few but that one they really are coming from we have some like international players that come and players coming from all over the United States for that one too. So it's, it's nice to be able to capitalize on some of those that have already been up and running and, you know, keep moving with that. But both of those are just uh, no sting. Yeah. They're not three divisions back to back to back and two days. Well, since it is two days. So let me slow down there. Yeah. Um, I definitely have questions about bells of the ball, but I can, I can push that towards later. Um, do you want to get into no sting? Uh, starting with you, Bree, just what were your thoughts overall and how did it go for you? Uh, no Sting is our best division, I would say. For the other balls, we have girls on the team that have never really played film right point five. So No Sting, we came out firing on all cylinders. And we played really well the first day. Um, we ended up seeding first. And after kind of being disappointed in home division we kind of came out like ready ready to go wanting to do a lot better um ended up I think the only team that really gave us trouble was love tap other than that we we were pretty solid throughout the bracket yeah and when you say love tap gave you trouble I mean they took like a game off you or yeah and the last game the third game was really close yeah, and then the rest was pretty much uh, just pure dominance there. 
And you guys were defending elite no sting champion for the article. For nationals, yeah. For nationals, gotcha. Did you guys play last year uh, in the classic as as money shot? Yeah. And do you remember what you placed last year? Last year in no sting, we got second. We actually we won the winners bracket and pop that ended up beating us twice. Yeah, <laughs> not this year. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to comment on that, Brittany? I don't remember it. I just like that. I just wanted to bugger because I know it probably pisses her off still. I don't remember another tournament we won. Or- I mean, there's so. I mean, there's so many. There's so many back and forth, like between between money shot and no sting and invasion with the foam and like. Beavers in the 8.5, like you, we can go. It's there's so many games you can go back and forth with. Of, and any game could have gone either way. Even us playing Invasion in um, in City, it could have gone. That game was so fun. It could have gone either way. Um, but you know, it's just I don't know. I I don't really remember it. I just like that we beat them twice. Nice. <laughs> Barely. Yeah, I'm sure it could. It, literally, every game can go either way. It doesn't really. It doesn't really. It's who has the best shots on that day. I don't think any one team of the top four teams are like you know, anyone can win. Honestly, like on any given day, it just depends on who's gonna make the better plays. Well, and and if like I think that what I noticed about Pop that on the first day was that you guys dropped a few games that like if you were hitting your targets, then you would have won. It just if you're if you're unfortunate enough to have like a lot of your players who are missing like more often than they usually do then suddenly everything's changed and you're losing ball control everyone's getting frustrated yeah and and, and you're doing a lot more work so you're more tired because you're missing your shots you're not getting people out the way you think you should so you know it becomes a snowball effect too but yeah kate's 100 percent right we didn't hit the shots we we normally would hit i mean hoffman on day one with no sting was out of control yeah, um, like she literally took out whole teams by herself. I just hand her the ball and say, "Here, Hoff, like go, go have fun. I'll watch from back here." Um, and then you know, after she didn't, and then on day two, she wasn't really hitting her shots. I know she was tired, um, and she also played more corner than she's used to, which I typically I play in the corner, but we're trying to rotate a little bit, and so I think that it put a bigger strain on her shoulder and her arm than she expected it to. And we didn't, I didn't make that adjustment or we didn't make the adjustments as a team to like help her out a little bit more. Um, and everyone kind of had her number on day two. So um, I think it just, you know, if we would have hit, if we would have hit more targets and or took some pressure off of Hoffman on day one, maybe she would have hit more targets on day two. I don't know. Or maybe not got marked. It sounds like she, the people caught on to her like, okay, we got to take her out. Oh yeah. She was out first almost every time. That's it's kind of a bummer. That's kind of a compliment at the same time. Like, oh yes, I'm a threat. They're they're taking me out first. And this is Lauren Hoffman. Um, you guys, did you say you call yeah. her the Hoff? I just call her Hoff because it's easier to say. But oh, yeah, gotcha. we I don't ever call her Lauren. We we call her Hoff or Hoffman. We call her a lot of things, but yeah, the ones that are that work for this <laughs> podcast would be Hoff or Hoffman. <laughs> gotcha. Um. So here it says, although Invasions Rolina, Thomason, and Kate Gong flexed their muscles, they came up just short in getting their second championship match that day. Kate, what, what does he mean by flexed their muscles? Um, Putting I have you on no the idea. spot, though, but... 
on it. Hate, like, <laughs> wait, wait. Hate has muscles? Oh. Whoops, that, <laughs> that backfired. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess we we're trying to show our strength and fell short. I guess that's what he's trying to say. I mean, and he's right, but I mean, I said earlier, no sing's not a very strong ball type for us. A lot of us started out playing eight and a half and have transitioned well into foam, but um, although we're we're strong across ball types, I don't think any of us really love no sting. Um, Which is weird, because you play all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I had a year when I actually didn't play a single league, but... But you're right. I've been playing it for a long time. <laughs> I mean, no sting is like the, the go-to ball. <laughs> yeah, for you're right. It's it's the it's the ball. That all we, leagues yeah. in LA. Yeah, I, I just I, I remember when I started playing, I actually couldn't throw it at all, and yeah, I still I still don't like it very much. So it's definitely not your preferred ball. What uh, real quick? What what is your preferred three? It, it was always eight and a half, and and now I think it's probably foam. I think the older teams, like, I think the older teams fare better in 8.5. By older, I literally mean older. The ones who have been around longer because we used to play 8.5 for, um, in Arizona. Years, yeah. When they first started, well, when I first started playing eight years ago, and then I started playing Elite because of stupid Justin, um, six years ago, it was all 8.5. And the women were playing 8.5. So, a lot of us who have played for that long are used to playing 8.5 and know how to play that game. And we play co-ed elite with the 8.5. Um, a lot of the newer, younger teams don't, they don't play it. They don't know how to play it. They don't know how to throw it. They don't really know. There's a different strategy with 8.5 than the other two balls. Cause it is heavier and it's a lot more work to throw. Um, and so it's more about your placement than it is about your power. And I think that, that's why when you look at the brackets, and we're going to 8.5, you look at the brackets for 8.5, the teams that were the higher teams are the teams that have been, that have been around the longest because we know how to play. Beavers, Invasion, Pop That, um, you know, Love Tap was there in, in, in the loser's bracket but still lost to Invasion. So, um, which I think Love Tap did really well in 8.5 considering the first day they didn't do great at all, I don't think. I think they were trying to figure it out. Um, but yeah, you can see the top teams are the teams that have been around the long, the three of us invasion pop that and beavers have probably been around the longest, right? Yeah. I mean, I know I, I told my team going into the eight and a half division that there were two teams we had to really keep an eye on and that was beavers and obviously always pop that, but I, I know I was the most nervous for the beavers. Cause I mean, between Stephanie Lynch and Kelly and Kirsten, it's like, these are three girls who've been playing eight and a half for like almost a decade or Kelly. Is that right? Still laughing at me. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about how old I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been playing 8.5 for over 10 years. Definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, you know how to, it's a different game. You just, you play the game differently. And so it was, it's interesting watching the younger teams play it as though it's no sting or foam. Yeah, they definitely, uh, they take shots that we know you shouldn't. Yeah. So it's yeah. easier for us to capitalize on that. But but they also, like, some of their best catchers don't even, they, they're like, it's weird. They don't know how to handle, like, they, I've seen them drop, like, really weird balls. They, like, make amazing catches at the other two ball types and then, like, fumble an eight and a half ball. It's just, I think it's just practice, but we don't really play that anymore, so. 
Yeah, we used to play 8.5 women's for Elite 2, and they took that because it was too hard to get enough women's teams to play 8.5, and it was it, it was easier to get um, teams to play no sting for women. So that's why Elite Women is now no sting instead of it being 8.5. Makes sense. Do you think, uh, this might be more for you, Kelly, if this was just an all-women's 8.5 uh, tournament, do you think you would have 15 teams capped? Or do you think having Absolutely no sting and foam helps? Oh, yeah, absolutely not. Um, but the funny thing is, you know, when we first started it, it wasn't even just people didn't want to play 8.5. They didn't want to play foam either. So, you know, by creating it the way it is, people came to play no sting for the most part, a lot of teams, and they learned to enjoy playing other divisions as well. Um, I think 8.5 is still probably one of the harder ones for people to wrap their heads around, but I've had multiple people come up to me over the years and say, actually, I'm really glad that I played it and I actually really enjoy playing 8.5. And they never would have if I had just set it up where you could choose whichever division you wanted to go to. Gotcha. Um, I did like that we kind of segued into 8.5 because, well, let me back up real quick. So I I do agree with, uh, I think it was Kate, what you were saying about how you're looking at Pop That Invasion and Beavers. Um, it definitely looks like Beavers made it a lot further in the bracket for 8.5 than the others. Um, no offense, Kelly. But when you're looking yeah, at Yeah, we like, got fifth in Foam, fifth in No Sting, and then third in 8.5. Yeah, so that, that makes sense. I mean, I mean, I've known you for a very long time. You're definitely not somebody to take lightly with 8.5. Nor, neither Stephanie or anybody else in that team. So it's... Um, for me, it's satisfying when you transition from 8.5 to, or we transition from foam or no sting to 8.5 because it's like, yeah, this is more of my game and I understand a lot more than some of the newer balls that have been showing up. But uh, before we get into 8.5 fully, um, was there anybody else or any other teams that should be mentioned during no sting? Uh, I was kind of reading along the uh, the article and um, looks like a Kate Berg- Bergsgard of Witness was. Did pretty well. Do any of you guys uh, recollect seeing her play? Yeah, I mean, Kate played with Love Tap for this one. Um, and Kate, honestly, is an all-around player. Uh, before Witness, they were on, it was PTSD um, that she played on. And for me, she's always been one of their top players because she is extremely intelligent about what she's doing on the court and reading what other people are going to do. Um, so I think that that was a really good, you know, pickup for them for this tournament. Um, I, it's always hard when you have a new player coming on to adapt to that and try to figure out your way into it. But I think that overall she did play really well um, throughout. Nice. And I also noticed, uh, and this might be more for you, Bree. um, Looks like uh, they're mentioning like the underhand softball throw um, of Heidi Chambers. Is that um, is that like a trademark for for Heidi? Does she normally throw that way, or can you kind of speak to that a little bit, if you can recall? She splashes it in here and there to switch it up. She likes to pump fake overhand and then quickly do an underhand throw to kind of throw people off. And she she was doing that a lot with foam and no sting. Now, is that something that is happening more in, in women's division? Um, and I'm, the reason why I bring that up is because there's like a, a video going around of, a, of somebody doing a, a softball underhand throw and just like almost taking somebody's head off. And, you know, for as long as I played, I still rarely see it 
So would you say, um, you said Heidi just kind of throws this in here or there. That's like her, not her main way of throwing. Yeah. I mean, Heidi has an extremely strong throw, um, just overhand throw. And so I think that it's a good way of her being able to mix it up and keep teams guessing what she's going to do. But on top of that, her underhand throw a lot like Paige from the North, the release is very quick. So the problem you start seeing with underhand throws sometimes is if the release is too slow, that wind up a lot of times can be countered. And so you won't see as many teams doing it if they can't get that quick release off. And, right. you know, it, there's a v very few people that do it very well. And I think that Heidi definitely is one of them. Gotcha. I know the person that was mentioned and I might butcher her name was Jennifer Gia Kamazi. Oh, Jen, yeah. Jen. That's, yeah, Giacomazzi. So yeah, she's Jen also... Has an underhand, Jen, Jen has an underhand, too. Sometimes hers tends to float a little too high, um, but for whatever reason, um, not for whatever reason, but she worked on it, and it was kind of, it was actually really low. She was kind of skidding it right across the, the floor and hitting ankles, and then oh, that's gnarly. Um, had much better accuracy um, with it. And I think she did it... All she doesn't do with 8.5. She for sure does it with, with the foam and the nosting. I think she's probably the most successful with the nosting because the weight lends itself better to kind of um, kind of stay above the ground a little better. Gotcha. And, and so with you, Brittany, with this throw, it's not so much an advantage over like your overarm throw. It's just another way to kind of trick your opponent, right, to keep them guessing. Yeah, because the way that ball, an underhand throw, if, you, if it's done right, um, it'll, it'll come up at you, but if you don't let it come up too much, it'll hit, it'll, it'll look like it's going low and it'll come up and hit you like kind of in like the mid shin, low ankle. Right. Um, some, I just think it's a different, and yeah, like, like Bree said, it's just a different look for Heidi because Heidi has a great overhand throw, but it's very straight on. Um, and if someone, if someone has a ball in their hand to block it, it's from experience, it's not that hard to block because it's not, doesn't move as much. Her underhand definitely moves more where you have to either, um, be a better blocker with it and or just get out of the way. Gotcha. Yeah, I've, I've only I've only been thrown at uh, with an underhand ball a few times and it's it's such a, you're so used to seeing something coming at you overhand, you don't even think about it until it's like kind of skimming towards your shin like you said and you think, oh, it's not going to hit me and then it, it does or it trips you up. So I'm just, just kind of curious to see if that's a throw that we'll see more and more um, as these uh, competitions increase, but Sounds like if you can throw overhand, like why why change it? Um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, well, if you have it, if you have it, why not yeah. use it? Yeah, it's another tool, and I also think it's a good way to protect your arm if you have been throwing a lot because the mechanics of it are much easier on your shoulder. Um, so you know, if it's a thing that you're good at, might as well throw it in there every once in a while and throw people off too. Yeah, might as well use it. Cool. So getting uh, kind of back into 8.5 now, one thing I wanted to ask earlier was um, any teams or players from outside regions uh, showing up and it looks like uh, Tacosaurus might have been like a predominantly East Coast team, Kelly? Yeah, they were mostly East Coast uh, with a couple or with one West Coast, I think. Uh, so it was nice to be able to see because we've had, you know, East, North 
teams come out, but a lot of these girls, this was their first uh, classic. So it was exciting to see some more faces. Emily Hotz, Kate Karens were out there. Uh, Megan Fricker came back. She had been at the first one. So it's always nice when you can see some of the women from other divisions coming out. And then we also had um, Paige from the North who plays with Ride or Die. So nice. I like being able to to see some of the women that we don't always normally get to play against since I see these girls' faces all the time. Um, in terms of like uh, notable players, uh, Stephanie Baxter, obviously she's getting mentioned um, in this article, is arguably the best player in the division. Um, I would probably have to agree. Um, any of you guys notice Stephanie this, this past weekend and what did she do to deserve that kind of uh, accolade? No one remembers Stephanie. She doesn't do anything in any point. Wait, Stephanie who? No idea. Uh, Brett Baxter's wife, Stephanie, <laughs> yeah, from uh, Arizona. You, um, no, uh, Stephanie and 8.5 are like this little happy, like married old couple. Like there, she was so excited when 8.5 started. Like it made her entire day. She was <laughs> dancing around on the court. Like she went for every catch. And I think she caught almost all of them. Um, and so... It was just always fun to see. She's she's my little weirdo on the court. I love her. She's um she's an odd one. Not really. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's it's hard because like most of the beavers, she really enjoys eight point five. And so this is our only tournament where she gets to do that with women's. So I think for all of us we get really excited when that division starts for you know, like Brittany said, kind of the old, the older crew. And it kind of just gets us rejuvenated. I think we, you know, as tired as you are going into 8.5, because it's the last division, we, the other teams might not be looking forward to it as much, but we are so excited. It's like a second win. Yeah. I was going to ask if it's like you, you see a different side of, of Beavers. Um, what was Stephanie as juvial? Um, with no sting and foam or she just like wake up during 8.5 uh, she's always you know she's always Steph so there's no question there but with 8.5 it was like a whole nother level for sure gotcha she was smiling the entire time <laughs> literally just laughing she'd just come up to me before the game start dancing and yeah giggling so if all I can give is that to our players, then I'm happy. That with was days of, of pain. Our color team, Echo. Unfortunately for Brett, everyone calls her the better Baxter. I mean, that's been a fact for years now, so it's not. That's nothing new here in Arizona either. Um, I did want to ask you, Kate. Um, and again, it's probably just a blur, but um. Let's see. Article says um, Beavers met Invasion again in the deciding comeback bracket match after eliminating both Money Shot and Love Tap. This time, Invasion avoided throwing the catches that gave Beavers the edge during the bracket play. Kate Gong and Relina Thomason's arms proved too much for the Beavers as they moved on to the revenge match against Pop That. So maybe this is what he meant by flexing your muscles, but do you remember that match at all, Kate? The one between us and Beavers or between us and, and Pop That? Uh, you and Beavers. Um, I think I managed to not throw a catch to Carrie Morrison, so I was 
really proud of myself for that. <laughs> That's big. <laughs> How, did, did you throw I, a catch short the first game set of games? I assume. How many catches did you throw to the first set? Oh, I don't. I don't know if. Oh, actually, now that you mention it, I think she caught me in maybe every ball type. Maybe not. You guys, Kate caught me in eight point five. I was so mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had her, and I didn't. <laughs> Ruined it. Well, I threw a really awful catch to Shannon Murphy. She caught me right on her neck. <laughs> Jeez. Really stupid throw. It was an amazing catch. Yeah, that was a really great catch on Shannon's part. That was during the finals. Yeah, Shannon's always so composed. She'll just pull out these crazy catches and and then pass her ball like nothing happened. Like, like nah, I don't here. want this. Pass <laughs> I'll throw it. Like, no big deal. I'll wait here. Um, so the part, the second part of that question, Kate, was uh, when you went off to Invasion, it looks like um, you had multiple games saving catches along with uh, Angelique Garros. How do, you, how do you say your last name? I am not sure. Awesome. I think it's Garros, but I'm not positive. What a, what a friend you are. <laughs> <laughs> we just call her Leek, so I'm not really sure how that's her last name. Fair enough. Uh, do you remember those catches at all between you two, or was it just like, uh, like any oh, other yeah, day for you guys? I had a I had a 1v1 with, with Rachel, and Rachel can throw every ball type like an absolute cannon. And I was actually terrified, but I was also so tired that um, we went back and forth a few times, and, and she just, I think she was probably trying to throw a little bit lower, but caught her, caught her on my back line. And then, and then the other one was against Britt, and um, but if you just thrown at my face, or <laughs> I know I should have aimed higher. <laughs> just thrown a little higher. <laughs> this is Rachel Rodia from Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, she's got a freaking cannon on her. Doesn't matter what ball. But uh, that no look though, that no look is so good. Of Rachel. Yeah, she, yeah she's her, foam, her foam no look. She's very impressive. She's fun to watch, fun to play against too. Um, She's just like a nice person, which in this group <laughs> doesn't always happen. <laughs> Do you want to speak to that at all, Kelly? Except for except for Bree. <laughs> what Bree just doesn't know what to say. Almost <laughs> not always nice. I was like, hey, I am nice. No, Rachel's a, Rachel's a super interesting person to play with because. She's actually, there's a lot, Rachel's really good at strategizing and understanding the game, but she doesn't always say it. So you got to kind of talk to her and get it out of her. Um, and she's really good about, she told me, because she was getting a little bit excited and out of control and pretty much made a camping zone um, at the front line by herself in the corner and got picked off a couple of times um, because she wasn't paying attention. And I looked at her, I'm like, Rachel, she's like, I know, next time just yell at me. Like she's very, she's very much a team player and she's very like, she doesn't get her feelings hurt. She's like, just yell at me and tell me to get that, like get back. Like she's, you know, and she's, she's, um, she's very good and also very strategic for the most part and also can put herself in the place to be like, Hey, tell me what I need to do. And, or, Hey, give me a no look. Cause I'm a little bit jittery right now. And I need something to like, I need to take somebody out to be, to feel calm. So it's kind of difficult oh. also to, 
I mean, she's still a relatively new player, and then to move into a team as established as Pop that, probably kind of challenging, a little bit intimidating. So yeah, I, and she was like, you know, asking her to be a part of Pop that. I know she was floating between Invasion and Pop that for a while. Um, I think she was also just excited to kind of have a home, and she's done. She's she's been amazing. We we've, we've obviously welcomed her with open arms um, and enjoyed having that more consistent player who you know is going to show up to every tournament. Um, and you're not going to have a question of, oh, is Rachel coming? Because pretty much most tournaments she's she's down That's and she'll happen. be there and she'll perform. And, you know, um, the biggest thing for us in Pop That is being a, being a family and caring for each other. And she definitely has um, become a part of our family, which has been awesome. Nice. Yeah, and it's good to point out, too, uh, last year for the Classic, she played with Invasion. And she actually got the MVP last year. Yeah, she was on fire last year. Nice. And it looks like um, Pop That, this was their, your first championship after two near misses in the other divisions. So um, what do you think contributed to that? Like, what was the final, almost like the missing element that, that helped you guys win 8.5, but how did that differ from the other divisions? Um, I remember telling the girls, even for no sting, when we played against money shot, um, I told them, I looked at them, I said, we're not a second place team. Um, for nice. us winning is always the goal, of course. Um, and I think we were all so frustrated with getting second place. The first, like the first foam division, fine, but it really hit us. I think after no sting, we all were very annoyed by it. Um, I was particularly upset about it. Um, only because I feel like we didn't put our best foot forward and we didn't really play up to our standards um, and hit the shots we should have been we should have been hitting and making the catches we should have been making. Um, and I think at the end of it for the 8.5, we were all just so pissed and tired of being in second that we just um, wanted to pull one out at least, um, especially coming from last year where we won two divisions and we got second in the other one. Is that right? Is that right, Kelly? I know we won two out of the three. Last year? Yeah. Oh, last year. Yeah, last year you won no sting and 8.5. Yeah, so I think we got. I think we lost in the finals for foam. So yeah, invasion won foam. Yeah, of course. Um, coming in with those high of expectations for ourselves and wanting to kind of either repeat or do better than the year before, it was a letdown for us. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I think we all grew a little bit more because we did have a lot more challenges and we are becoming teams are getting better. And so we have to grow too. And it's not always so easy anymore. Gotcha. I like what you said too about, you know, it, it's all about the struggle and, and, you know, you guys are, are hurting and you just look to your left and your right. And it's that person next to you is, you know, as in as much pain or as exhausted as you are. And just to be able to kind of push through and get that final surge of, of, um, focus and energy to, to pull a, a first place win. That's, that's pretty awesome. And I'm sure that really helps the, the camaraderie of the team overall, especially going into, um, you know, elite and some of the other events that are coming up. So. Yeah. And I, I actually, I mean, I don't, I don't know if people realize like how much of a weight Erica um, has as a captain on our team. And like I said, we, we, we balance each other out a lot in many ways in, in leading the team. Um, but I did have to go to her and I'm like, I need you today. Like, I need you to be in our huddles. I need you to give energy because I'm tired and I'm hurting. And a lot of the girls, um, 
I call a lot of the plays um, and that's kind of my role, but Eric is kind of more of the emotional regulator in a sense. Um, and the, the, like the, the hype girl, if you will. Um, and so I needed her energy on Sunday. And so it was, it was a struggle. It was a struggle for us um, as a team to kind of maintain the energy, especially losing um, the weight of Erica. That is, that is very important emotionally for our team and for our morale. And so um, I was happy that she was, I'm like, I need you in the huddles. I don't care. Do the huddles, you know, have the energy, clank your, your, your crutches together. I don't care, but I need, I need you today. And that's kind of always been our relationship for a while. Look at him like, I need you, you know, I need you to be there for me today. And, and, and it was hard for us, um, you know, without her being, being on the court. And this is Erica is the one the far left in this picture I'm looking at with the jeans. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Cool. That answered my question there. Um, well, very cool. Well, congrats on, on taking the 8.5 division and, um, kind of wanted to ask for like just final thoughts on with Bree and, and money shot and your win, uh, with your division. Um, any final thoughts just overall with the tournament? I think it's one of the best, if not the best, women's tournament out there. And you really have to, in order to compete, you got to be able to play all ball types. I think right now it's pretty obvious that Invasion and Pop that have an advantage, especially if you look at the final points. Just they placed top three in all the divisions. And I think for the other teams to kind of close that gap, just have to keep playing in this tournament and get better with foam and 8.5. But I like that this tournament adds that challenge. It's not just one ball type. And it, it's a, it's a cumulative thing, right? So invasion was like the overall tournament champion. Is that fair to say Kelly? Yes. Yeah. yeah. They won in overall points. And so with you, Kate, you know, how does that feel? Um, being able to, to walk away from that, to, to walk into this monster of a tournament and uh, be deemed the overall champion um, with all those points that you accrued and how you guys did. I mean, it's it's really it's really nice to win. Like we we also love to win, but we're a very emotional team. So I I felt really good about the team energy going into the weekend. But you know, you can juxtapose that with how we performed it round one of Elite, which was really dismal. So it, I mean, it was it was the the boost that we needed when we play the way we're supposed to and we're all happy and having fun, then we're, we're great. Like we're, we play well together. We have a great time and we often win, but when we get down on ourselves or something's a little bit amiss, we have a lot of trouble fixing that. And I think we've gotten a lot better at that over the years, but um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just, it's a good way to go into round two and hopefully the rest of the year. So I'm excited about that. Gotcha. So would you say it's like a, a pretty good morale boost for your team? Oh yeah, to walk course. away from this. I mean, definitely. That should uh, it should up anybody's spirits. That's no small small feat at all. Um, I mean, this is the first time. This is the first year that Pop that was not the the overall Invitational winner. So, it was a, a different team as well. What the? Was, was this? I just, um, just want to make sure everybody knows. Just want to make sure everybody toppled. knows, Brett. Hashtag fit like Brett. Hashtag whatever. <laughs> Didn't sting at all. What? Uh, what? What? Which one was this? Was this the third? Yes. 
So Pop That had taken first um, and the second. Yeah, they were the overall winners of the first and the second pretty handedly. Um, There really was no way that someone was going to catch up to them. But this year, all the teams were much closer in points. Gotcha. Well, not to add insult to injury, but uh, Britt, any any final thoughts on the tournament overall and what you're gonna do next? No, I mean, I just I steps? think that that it just goes to show that that the competition is getting better, and that you know the points the points show. You know, we lost by three points, I think, lost second place by three points um, to Invasion. It just goes to show that everyone's stepping up and everyone's getting better. And as being you know one of the top teams. Mm-hmm. We also have to get better if we want to maintain what we've been doing for so long. And it is getting harder. It, it does. And I'm sure Kate and Brie can say the same thing. It's not as easy anymore as it used to be. It's not as cut and dry. Um, like, oh, you know, we can get through the first two or three rounds as long as Invasion is not in the lowest seated ever because you end up seeing them in the second round. Um, but generally speaking, we don't really think think or worry about the first couple of rounds because you kind of know what's going to happen. And then, yeah, you get to invasion and you get to beavers and, and, you know, and now it's like, you don't know who you're going to get. And, you know, like, even like, like Fuego, I'm sure no one thought that Fuego was going to beat any of the teams they beat, you know, in the last couple okay. rounds and they placed third. Um, it just goes to show, like I said, everyone's getting better, which is awesome for the sport and awesome for girls. Yep. Plus it keeps you sharp too. And you're going to, want to practice and get better and, and continue to elevate with everybody else. So that's always a, a very good sign. Oh, cool. That's nice. You reminded of that. Some more but, that, that we're like getting old and they're younger players. Yeah, we're getting old. <laughs> Speak for yourselves. Except for Brianna. <laughs> you guys yeah, I think, I think Money Shot was kind of the first start of that. Sorry, Brie. Baby Brie. Of the first round of like a younger team, a newer team who who just keeps getting better, you know, and we have, it used to just be kind of invasion beavers and pop that. That was kind of what it was. And everyone, one, two, three, three, two, one, whatever it was, that was, you know, there was a big gap between the top three and the lower everyone else essentially. And I think money shot kind of started the ball rolling on, on changing that where there's top, there's not just top three anymore or top two, it's top five, you know, the top five teams are consistently the top five teams now. And any on any given day, anyone can be in a different position. That's awesome. And I just noticed, Bree, is that a fanny pack? Oh yeah, we all we got all fanny packs. It's in, not uh, just me or medals. Everyone else has. <laughs> They're all wearing them. Uh, is that a team thing or? No, those were part of the prizes. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Oh, I see them now. More oh, more fanny packs. There you go. That's cool. Awesome. Well, I think that's all I got for you guys. So uh, go ahead and end that portion there. So before we actually dive into the you know the rest the divisions and whatnot, I, I did want to ask and kind of pick your brain a little bit, Kelly. Um, what inspired this event? Where did this come from? Um, well, honestly, it was a truly selfish endeavor. Uh, I. I think most people know that I really enjoy 8.5. And so when it was no longer being played at elite, I was disappointed and I wanted to be able to 
play it again. And usually what I was being told was, well, there's not enough teams that want to play. And I figured if I could kind of make it so that there was a division that they really liked playing in, maybe one that they didn't like as much and one they've never played before, that if they just had to play in them all, eventually the women in general would start to figure out different types of ball types and really across the way start to enjoy different styles of dodgeball as well. Because what we were seeing a lot is if it wasn't no sting, then you wouldn't get the amount of teams that were needed for a tournament. Um, And so I really wanted to build something that kind of went off all of that. So, you know, it wasn't just, one ball, it was multiple balls. And it wasn't that you could sign up for any division, it's that you had to sign up for them all. And I took away a lot of the choices and in that way kind of, you know, forced the women to expand their boundaries and what they think, you know, they can do in dodgeball and different ways to play. Um, And to just really try to to encourage women to play different ball types because I think that that, you know, diversity of styles and different um, options really helps to expand their possibilities as well. Uh, Around the same time that I started it, I had just finished playing in worlds in Hong Kong and in Vegas And foam was becoming more and more of a ball type as well. And yet most of our players on the team had never played foam. Mm -hmm. And so it was another opportunity for me to kind of prepare myself, prepare other women for the style that was becoming uh, an international style that they needed to be able to play. Gotcha. And did you, when you first started this, did you, did you see it becoming what it, what it was this past weekend? No, no, not at all. Um, The first year I was, you know, hoping that I'd get like eight teams. And I I still think it's kind of crazy. I mean, I've been doing this a long time, so people know me. And I think that was part of the, the trust that they had. But, you know, I just decided I wanted to do a tournament and people were going to send me money and I was going to set it up. So the fact that they did that and 14 teams did that just right off the bat um, I was really excited about that. Um, and it showed me that my interests and what I wanted to see in women's dodgeball was shared by other women. And so it's really helped to kind of catapult that idea of, you know, women want to be able to play multiple ball types. They want to play the best teams and they want a tournament that pushes them to their limits. And so it was just nice to be able to see that, there was that support within the dodgeball community of women that kind of showed, yeah, let's do this. Let's keep going with it. Yeah. I was going to say it, it probably definitely showed you that there's like a, a demand for this. Like maybe, um, you kind of awakened that because it, it became an option. Um, and that, that was going to kind of tie into my next question. And that was, how does this differ from other tournaments? And the only one I can honestly think of is, uh, without talking about the NDL is, uh, the bells of the ball. And that's, that's a World Dodgeball Society event. And does that still happen? Yeah, it happens every year, uh, usually the third weekend of September. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's still, it's a very popular event. Um, and I know 
people who run it. I've played in it multiple times. Uh, it's purely nosting, but it is also competitive. So it's just another opportunity for women to get together. One of the other bigger differences is the team size. So bells of the ball, instead of a traditional six setup that we see in elite and what I do at the classic, it's 10 players. So, um, teams usually either have to combine or you find kind of those extra players that aren't set on teams to be able to build that into your team. Gotcha. And then also we have Sin City Classic. So like I said, that's probably the tournament that gets the most number of women's teams. Um, and it's because it just draws so many people into Vegas. And Jake does a really good job of, you know, not only organizing the tournament, which we all know he does, but just setting a tone Everything about the Sin City Classic is so much fun. So it gives the women another opportunity to play there. Gotcha. And in terms of like um, like variances, I mean, this is three divisions. It's two days and you're not trying to, well, obviously you want to win a division, but you're trying to play for like an overall championship, right? So in the case of Invasion, you know, they, they didn't win some of the divisions, but they won overall because of points. Correct. Well, um, they won one division right. um, and they were, it, so when I started it, I thought about when I used to play track and I was like, well, you know, you have your individual events and you have an overall team that is all one. And so I kind of looked at it that way nice. and thought about how we could do a different point system based off of how many, where you place in each event. And that's where that idea was born from. Was that the standard for the first one as well? Yeah, it hasn't changed over the three years. So nice. um, each uh, win that you get in round robin is a point, And then based off of where you place in each division is how many points you get for that division. Gotcha. And that's how you have uh, a situation where like Invasion wins one division, but they still win the entire event because they just did super well, I guess, during round robin. Is that where the points are accrued or... Yep. So the other thing that I loved is that, you know, for so many tournaments, it's like, oh, well, it's real, it's round robin. It doesn't really matter. And I, um, I never wanted that to be a part of this tournament because for me, the highest level of anything should, everything should matter. Um, and I wanted kind of the women to think of it that way as well. Um, I didn't want, you know, throw away plays and games and, oh, well, whatever, throughout the tournament, I wanted to see how far each one of these athletes could push themselves. And you don't get that unless round robin matters. And so this year, like I said, the points were all a lot closer together. I think going into day two, so right after round robin, Invasion was only five points ahead of Pop That, which in years past, Pop That had been like 10 15 points ahead of other teams so it was much closer and then the final scores i think they were still only like four points different um so pop that was able to make up a little bit of space but other than that you know invasion pretty much held strong and then our third fourth and fifth place teams uh were all within one point of each other yeah they're pretty pretty dang close so now, for round robin, is it is it best two out of three, or is it a time limit, or how does that work? It's timed. So uh, this year we had six minute rounds, and it's however many wins you can get within that. So you know it really does add to that. You push yourself to get as many wins as you can so that you can get those points. Now I 
kept it that way because it lends to the point system so well. If you do a best two out of three, you're not going to see as much variance. Right. Um, but also because I like to make sure that everything is running on time. I'm a little bit particular about that. A little bit. <laughs> and so, you know, you could ask some of the other girls. I scream at them to get on the court, tell them that we need to get going, all these things. But the reality is by keeping it timed, I can make sure that they do get to play every single match that they were supposed to. So nice. every single team in this tournament played each other every round or every division and every ball type. So like they literally played each team three times. And that's how I'm able to make sure that they're getting the most out of their experience as well. So I like the setup because it just adds to the whole, the whole purpose behind the tournament. And then also it keeps me organized and everything running smoothly. Nice. And, and like you said, it's, you know, if I'm playing against a team, I know that this does count. I can't just discount this as round Robin shouldn't say ever, this doesn't matter. So right. that immediately like heightens the mentality behind it and how, how hard you're going to go and how seriously you'll, you'll take each specific, uh, specific round. Um, was, a uh, why, why the classic like what is did you come up with that name and is um yeah let's start with the with the name uh, why call it the okay. um honestly i don't know i when i was like playing around with things i was just trying to find something that sounded nice um and it was originally just san diego classic women's dodgeball invitational and um, obviously this year it was in la so we called it la uh but now that we've branched out more we just I've just been calling it classic dodgeball invitationals um, and should be working on, you know, website soon, getting some stuff out there. But yeah, it was just, it just flowed, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I'm glad you, I'm glad you mentioned that. So is it becoming its own entity or organization then? Um, yeah, I think I'm kind of at that point where I have to make a decision and I've reached out to some people to get some advice and figure out which way we need to go. But it seems as if there is a desire for more of these tournaments. Uh, and so we'll, I'll keep working with people to see where that will best take us. Awesome. Yeah. And I remember, was it 2013 San Diego classic um, June, but that was, that was just, like 8.5 so that that wasn't necessarily tied or didn't inspire this particular tournament correct that was just kind of like yeah. a for fun yeah. kind of deal gotcha um i did want to ask uh is there anything well i guess tyler asked this one from facebook uh now that you've done this tourney three years in a row is there anything you think you would change uh for this I guess while it's still fresh in your mind or anything you'd like to have done differently or will do differently for the next one? Um, you know, as far as the organization of the tournament, I don't think that'll change very much. Um, the setup, time matches around Robin, points, all of that. Obviously, I want it to grow. So some of that expanding will have to be with trying to find facilities that can hold more teams. Um and just trying to make sure that as we grow, that doesn't mean that the women lose time playing. So that's something that I'm most concerned about is we've set a bar for what 
this should look like and how much playtime these women deserve and should get. And I don't want to go under a certain amount of that. So if we're going to keep expanding, part of that will be to get more courts. Um, that way there's pretty much still the same amount of playtime and the least amount of sitting possible. Gotcha. So yeah, you're opening up to more teams, but you're not taking away from game time because like you said, that's, that's the point. Like you're supposed to play every yeah. single person or every single team. Yeah. And then other than that, I mean, for this tournament, like I said, it's the third year we've done little changes here and there. Um, Jake has really been a huge help to me. Um, his experience and giving me different tips and Mark as well um, has kind of helped me to get to this spot. And Jake day of also does so much of the, you know, minute to minute things uh, that allows me to be able to play in the tournament, including this year we had the automated system set up. So he didn't even have to like call the names of the teams to go out there. It was already set up, set up in a system. And for whatever reason, it's so much easier to hear that. Um, and everything ran even smoother. We didn't miss a beat. We weren't late. Everything ran perfectly. So, you know, big kudos to uh, Jake and all of my refs that helped make that happen. Gotcha. And I was going to ask, was there any shout outs that you wanted to to throw out there? We didn't really get to cover it with uh, the rest of the panel, but just in the interest of time, uh, aside from Jake Mason, um, who else uh, would you like to shout out? Or oh, goodness. Else? Let's see if I can remember them all. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we, you know, every year I get a group of guys that really want to help out. And they always offer to ref. They always offer, you know, whatever we need. They'll come, they'll set up. And so that is just such a nice thing to have, that support system for the women um, that these men are offering up so much time. And I'm happy that, you know, as we grow, I'm able to pay them as well. So this year it was, it was really nice. But each one of these people, without knowing that they would get paid, came to me and offered their time. So nice. we had Joe Colella, obviously Justin Payan, Eric Jones, Brendan Tickner, Jeremy Lapierre, Alex Alvarez, Andrew Ketchum, Xander Simos, to go down the whole list of them. Let's see, who else? Um, do, 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 do. Kale Harrell, I was say, for obviously. Some reason, I just want to say Kale's name. Hi, Kale. So. Kale, yeah. <laughs> um, who obviously is you know, one of my go-to people all the time because he's very um, good at being able to interpret the rules, talk to the players about it, um, and he has a high trust with, with all of the women there. So it's really nice to be able to, to have that within the group. Um, and hold on. I feel like I'm missing someone. Casey. Casey Moses. Whew, see? Keep going. Um <laughs> I'll probably think of somebody else, but, um, a lot of them have been there since the first tournament, you know, they've offered to help. Um, and even day of, cause we had some people not be able to show up. We had other people just jump in, um, that were just coming to watch and we're like, Oh, you need an extra ref on that one. Sure. Let me just jump in and help out real quick. Nice. So things like that, um, kind of show you that not only are the women, you know, excited about this, but the men in our community are too. And it's really appreciated. Awesome. 
Oh yeah, and then also uh, Mike McGee, he was out here for to watch their women's team from the East, and he also offered to ref. So wow. it was really great to see even that support from the East Coast. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's pretty cool. So he he came out to uh, watch. The, does, does he have teammates playing with him then, or just people from? the east coast that he was supporting uh his girlfriend sammy was playing on uh the east coast team oh, nice. the taco source so it was cool he came out to support them and in return you know he reached out and said hey you know if you need anything let me know and so it, it all worked out and it was really nice awesome was he by chance one of those guys that like stepped in last minute uh no he had volunteered beforehand um but cool. you know I think it was uh, Patrick from up in the Bay Area, Marco from L.A., and a couple other people kind of just popped in. I think um, Tony Sanchez at one point. So, you know, I was kind of all over the place, but I would all of a sudden turn and see somebody else on the court, nice. <laughs> which was, you know, it's, it's great to see. Um, and it's always nice when you see him coming out anyway to support, you know, loved ones and friends. So it's, it's just nice. It, it creates a good community. Very cool. Um, I did want to mention one more, uh, source question. That was Sergio Leone. He asked, um, how does it feel to have the hashtag Kelly try to kill us as a staple in the dodgeball community? Like, what's that feel like? Um, it's, it's actually, Nice. I mean, I'm honored because I feel like it came out of a place of, you know, almost like happiness for a long time. I'd have to go back and look at the original um, posts and see if I could even find them. But it was, you know, along the lines of we finally got what we've been asking for, uh, you know, who knew we could hurt this bad, all these types of things. And I think that it just goes to show that um, there was definitely a space needed for women within this. And it's kind of cool that it's gone so far that we've been able to continue it and that, you know, these ladies appreciate all of the hard work that goes into it. Um, you know, I got a thank you card and gift cards and I just have to tell all the women who have ever played in the tournament a huge thank you because it really does mean everything and I think that it gives me the you know nerve sometimes and the strength sometimes to just say okay well let's do this again and let's do a co-ed one and let's go to different cities and figure out where we can go next because the feedback and the support has been so strong and so supportive that I know we can keep going um, and that there's still still more to be done. So, you know, the, the hashtag was just kind of the first of those things. And I love it. And like I said, m one thing I wanted a tournament is that you have very little rest time and you're getting pushed to your limits. So I, I guess I did my job. Yeah, I was just going to say, it kind of shows that you're doing your job well, so... It's funny because I remember first seeing that pop up and like, I don't think it was last year, maybe it was the year prior. And I had no idea what was going on with, with uh, the classic and, and the tournament. I just saw, I think like Stephanie Baxter had mentioned it. So it came mm -hmm. up on my feed and I was like, I wonder what Kelly tried to do. Like she, was it like a, she just feed everybody shots or did she almost hit somebody with a car <laughs> or um, 
did she like invite them to work out with her? Cause I know like you're just insanely active. So I would try to figure out what it was and then I finally caught on and I was like, Oh, I see it's, it has to do with the, the classic. Um, so it's kind of cool that it's like becoming the brand, I guess. So I was expecting to see a lot of, uh, that hashtag populate, um, this past weekend. So it's, a. Uh, yeah it's it's definitely fun and i know uh mark is insanely jealous of it so that makes all of us laugh pretty hard so (laughs) that's awesome um i wanted to ask uh and i'm I'm sure you you probably have to be really general about this but scouting um when i talked to um when i talked with it when i recapped the twin cities uh throwdown i was able to talk just a little bit with uh brett furlong about um, male scouts. So was this an event that had, uh, scouts for the women's team? Absolutely. We actually had three women scouts at this event and one of the men's scouts as well. So, um, it was myself, Nicole Chasen and Kate Karens were all there playing and watching teams and Kale Harrell is also there refing. So he got an opportunity to, kind of see exactly what we were, you know, scouting and looking at as well, which is always nice to, to be able to have that crossover. Nice. What can you talk to, or can you talk about what some of the things you were looking for? Sure. Um, can you speak to that? I guess. You know, so for these first rounds of scouting, it's really looking at, for me, you know, possibility. So what we're scouting for right now is to then go to a combine where people, all the players will come, they'll play, they'll do different, um, you know, dodgeball um, tasks dodgeball or things, actions, right um, <laughs> <laughs> kind of different clinics type things. And then also be able to play against each other, put them together on different teams. So for this first part of scouting, what I was really looking at is potential. Can you get to a certain level? Can you pull through when you're needed the most? Can you push to this level and then succeed, you know? And then how do you handle it when you don't? Do you come back the next division and do you play well anyway? Those were some of the things that I was looking for on top of just basic skill. So obviously on the West Coast, I feel like we have a lot of skill. We have a lot of really amazing players, which makes, you know, my choices a lot harder. But as far as this first round goes, I really wanted to see, okay, well, who do I need to see in general all come together and play with each other? Because I think oftentimes we see, you know, a mixture of pop that invasion, sometimes money shot players. Um, but who else could I see standing next to them mm-hmm. and mixing in with that? And how would that kind of sort of roll out? And that's what the combine will be for is to see those different players playing together. And so uh, a lot of what went into figuring those players out is, you know, looking at that potential and seeing if you can work together and how you persevere across a tournament this hard. Nice. There's definitely a lot of factors. It's not, oh, this person throws 80 miles an hour team USA. Because that means nothing if they're throwing it at, nobody like they have no accuracy or if every time they throw they're getting countered or so or- you know court awareness understanding of you know your team your players that 
that's all part of it. And, you know, all of that was looked at this weekend by all of the scouts. Awesome. Very cool. Um, the only other question I have, I mean, I could probably pick your brain for the next hour and a half. So, but, uh, I just want to kind of keep it short. And that is, um, is there anything that you're already looking forward to for the next one? Next one being next year or the next classic or. Yeah. Um, so the, the next one should <laughs> be, um, uh, the co-ed classic. So we did our first co-ed classic in December of 2017. And I was actually pleasantly surprised because we did it very short notice. I think I, I set it up within a couple months of how many teams came out for it. So for that one, we had 18 teams and it was equal gender ratio. So my biggest you know, goal for this tournament was to make sure that if we're playing co-ed, we're playing it on an even playing level. And I think that when we get the four, two, or even the three, six ratios, you start to see a little bit of a difference in how women are expected to play on the court, maybe, or who's expected to have a ball. And by forcing the issue of it being equal, which we can do on the West Coast because we have so many amazing women players, that what we really did was allow them to play in roles that they would naturally play on their women's teams as well. So it wasn't just to sit back and catch. It was, you're going up, you're throwing, you're catching. You are a major part of this team because there's only three guys and there's three girls and we need you. So it, it really changes up the dynamic um, on the court and I got nothing but positive feedback from that whole um, organization and how it was set up. So I'm really glad that that was able to kind of work because it was a little bit of a, a trial almost. You know, there wasn't, there's not a lot of tournaments that do that. Um, and so seeing that happen and being so popular and people being so excited about it uh, really made me understand that there's also kind of a space for that. And so the second co-ed classic will hopefully be again in the beginning of December, which is where it was nice. last year. And we'll work on getting some more courts um, because, you know, like I said, I wasn't expecting that many last year, but I also didn't want to cap that one. So there wasn't quite as much playing time as what the women get in the women's classic, but we're going to, we're going to work on that and see if we can't up some of that time. Nice. I'm kind of smirking because I uh, I played in that, and that was the first and most cramping I've ever experienced in my entire life. I like jumped up, and my whole right body just right side of my body just like cramped. I was like, "What just happened? I'm I broke something seriously." Like it was, it was freaking me out. And um, but I wondered because I, I was like, "Is this what is this what they mean by hashtag Kelly tried to kill us?" <laughs> I'm like, did I just get a taste? And it felt like that's all it was. It was just a taste of what actually happens with uh, with the women's classic. So, Yeah. Yeah, because in that one, I had to make pools. So you didn't get to play every team. And, I mean, I th it was a longer period. I think you had eight minutes to play in your pool. But, yeah, I was I was wanting more from it. And I didn't even get to play in it. So <laughs> <laughs> I wanted more from you guys. But um, it was still so cool to watch. And from an organizer's point of view, I know – you know, every team wants to win every division and they want to win overall. But whenever I see in 
the women's classic or what happened in the code classic different teams winning each division that's always so much more fun um i think that it shows you know different sides of each team and for me when you go out there and you have three different winners it shows that you know something's going on you're seeing differences here and it's cool to be able to see how the teams stay the same but differ across ball type uh, and where that places them nice yeah it, it kind of goes both ways too because like if you can take a team that can hang with foam no sting and 8.5 you know that they they've got their uh synergy just solid so but you're right it's also good to see uh the variations of, of divisions different teams uh capitalizing in different areas so all around it's just it's really cool and um I'm kind of bummed now that you know I didn't really get to experience the full classic, but looking forward to it in December. And I'll know to yeah. be really hydrated next time and not uh, I'll know what I'm getting into at least or at least have a better idea. <laughs> yeah, I get get lots of bananas. Yeah, bananas and uh, water. Just do not <laughs> stop drinking water. Cool. Well, that's that's all I have. I mean, I can definitely probably pick your brain a lot more about the classic, but I just wanted to at least get some insight. So I definitely appreciate. Uh, the time to to cover it a little bit more. Um, so yeah, we'll go ahead and end the interview there. Alrighty, so there you have a recap of the LA Classic that took place this past weekend. Um, huge thank you to Kelly and uh, Bree, Brittany, and Kate Gong for for hopping on and helping me recount the events that took place. Like I said in my opening, it looked nothing short of intense and awesome. And all around, just a great event uh, for the dodgeball community as a whole. It's it's just awesome to see how it's evolved and continues to do so. I also wanted to give a uh, another thank you for Kelly for staying on after the interview to kind of help paint a better picture of the classic in general, where it came from, where it's going, and all the in betweens. That was that was a great chance for me to talk to you, Kelly, about that. So thank you so much. And last but not least, um, and I, I probably need to do this way more often, but huge uh, shout out and thank you to uh, Nick Tantillo of Nick Tantillo Productions. Um, you're a monster. I know people are pretty impressed with the amount of episodes I'm able to produce, but that's only because of you, man. So if you're listening to this, uh, thank you so much. And um, I'll just end it there. For everyone else, thank you so much for listening, for your feedback. They're, again, they're always welcome. I know they say that every time, but just going to throw that out there again. Very much looking forward to the next wave of recaps that come our way with the Elite uh, Round 2s coming up. And uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Have a great weekend, and we'll catch you next time.